Hello and welcome to Rocky Fortune from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. NBC presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Did you ever wonder what a bull must feel like when they let him into the ring? The bars go up, he's free, he rushes out figuring, I've gotten away. And there in front of him are 50 guys with pitchforks and a man with an oversized knitting needle. He looks around and there's no way out. Last week I found out what that feeling is like. It all began one evening when I hit my flat for a change of drapery. Yeah? Rocky? Yeah. This is Mitch, Mitch Moore. Yeah, what's up, Midge? Listen, Rocky, I just got a phone call from Carl, the organ grinder. The grind? You're crazy. He's in a tank at Danamora for 900 years. I'm telling you, just call me. Must have busted out. Midge, it's a gag. Somebody's trying to give you the memes. It was the grinder. I know his voice. Okay, it was the grinder. What did he say? He says he's got a list with three names on it. The three guys what sent him up. Meaning? First me, Mitch Moore, second you, Rocky Fortune, and then Harry Bowman. He means it, Rocky. He's going to get us. Look, Mitch, stay where you are. Lock the door. I'm going to check a friend of mine at headquarters and see if the grinder busted out, okay? Make it fast, huh, Rocky? My blood pressure ain't so good, and if the grinder gets here, I ain't going to have any blood pressure. I hang up and follow my nose over to the Irish clubhouse for a talk with my pal Hamilton Finger of Homicide. I find his homely face behind a pair of size 14 brogans on the squad room desk. Hey, Sarge. Hmm. Huh, huh? It's me, Sergeant. Rocky, snap out of it. Oh. Hiya, Rock. Catching a few winks, huh? Oh, I was just meditating. What brings you? I just had a call from Midge Moore. So? Who's Midge Moore? You remember about five years ago, there was an ex-wrestler named Carl the Grinder? Sure. You had something to do with sending him up, didn't you? Yeah, Midge Moore and me was coming home from a bar one night when we see this ape beating up an old peddler trying to rob him. We yelled for the cops and then we testified against him at the trial. Wasn't that a fourth offense? Yeah, he went up for the rest of his natural. Only before he went, he swore he was going to kill three guys. Midge Moore, me, and Harry Bowman. Yeah, that's right. Bowman was the assistant DA who sent him up. He went rotten, didn't he? Like a deadlocks in a steam bath. He's in charge of political corruption of the fourth ward. So what about this call from Midge Moore? He says the grinder called him. You don't say. Where from? Not from the state university. Oh, that's a big help. You're playing coy, Sarge. Oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. The grinder busted out this morning. We just got an APB on it a couple of minutes ago. Holy Moses. You don't look so good, Rock. Yeah, you should see me in my other suit. The one they're going to bury me in after Carla Grinder gets through with me. <laughs> I dive out of the precinct and into a subway station, and five minutes later, I'm pounding up the stairway to Midgemore's flat, which is in the neighborhood even crummy in mine, 
if that's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Mitch. It's me, Rocky. Let me in. Mitch. Let me in. That's funny. The door's not locked. Mitch. Mitch, where are you? Mitch. Uh-oh. Don't bother to answer, man. Mitch Moore is lying on his face with his neck broken the way somebody breaks a match and throws it away. There's only one guy I know strong enough to do this to a man. Carl the Grinder. Sergeant Finger, please. Sarge Rocky. Look, I'm up at Midge Moore's. Yeah. He's laying here like an unmade bed. You better come up. No, I'd like to stay, Sarge, but unfortunately my name is next on the list. I'm going to take a short vacation in outer Mongolia or someplace until you guys put the clamp on the grinder. So long. Wait. Huh? Oh, hi, Mary. Rocky, I'm glad I found you. I was just coming to warn Midge. My husband's on the loose. He's he's going to kill you. You're a couple of minutes too late. Midge was visited. He's dead? Dead enough to convince the average coroner. Oh, Rocky, you've got to get out of town. You're telling me. Carl says that... Wait a minute. Did he call you? He came to the place. He came to... Yeah, he just walked in. He looked awful. He made me give him one of my brother's suits... Said he had some business to take care of. He'd, he'd be back for me later. He said if I let out a peep about him, he'd kill me. Oh, he don't joke about these things, honey. Maybe you better take it on a fly by yourself. I wouldn't know where to go. I thought maybe I could talk to him, reason with him. Rocky, he's out of his mind. He's crazy to kill. You're a brave girl to stand up to him, baby, but it ain't going to get you any place. Remember the last time he decided to use you as a punching bag? I remember, Rocky. But he's still my husband. Baby, he's a fourth offender, and he's psycho besides. Now get smart and get to the cops. I guess you're right. You bet I am. Beat it now. Where are you going? Right now, back to my flat, pick up a suitcase and a couple of bucks. After that, I'm going to find a big rock and crawl under it till lover boy gets caught. What about Harry Bowman? Carl says he'll get him, too. The way that ward healer's been trying to make this neighborhood hit the jackpot, I wouldn't mind too much. Look, the cops know Carl's after Bowman, and you can be sure Mr. Bowman has his muscle boys doing four-hour shifts. Come on, baby, we gotta make time. Do like I said. Bye, Rocky. I'll see you around. Be careful. Don't worry. I zigzag up to my place in the fourth ward, which is Harry Bowman's private political kingdom, and scout the joint to make sure Carl the Grinder hasn't beaten me to it. I slip up the fire escape and into the hall. I make quick like a bunny over to my door, turn the key, and ease it open. Something tells me something is phony. But what happens next? It's so crazy, I check my cigarettes to make sure they didn't sell me the kind with the built-in dreams. What the? There in my flat is a six-piece brass band with a big banner that reads, Yay, Rocky. The Fourth Ward Political Club salutes you. In front, about 25 freeloaders with party hats and noisemakers are climbing the walls. I'm beginning to think I've stumbled into my own nightmare, so I do a quick about-face and dodge out into the hall. Get two steps when a gorilla in a bowler hat mousetraps me. All in, Rocky. Hey, let go of the arm. You'll bend the biceps. Where do you think you're going? Away. Maybe for good. 
You ain't doing nothing of the kind. It ain't hospitable. Listen, will you do me a favor? Anything, Pally. Tell me what this thing's all about. Why, sure, Pally. It's a celebration, see, in honor of you. What did I do? You've been selected by Councilman Harry Bowman, president and vice president of the Fort Ward Political Association. For what? How should I know? You've just been selected, that's all. Now, look, Herman. Call me Moose. That's short for Morris. Okay, Moose. I want to know just what this thing... Here comes the boss. Maybe you'd better ask him. Well, Rocky, Rocky, old pal. He was trying to take it on the lamb, boss. What? Run out on a celebration in his own honor? Bowman, what is this? What are these clowns doing to my flat? Why, haven't you heard, Rocky? The Fourth Ward Political Association decided to honor Mr. Average Worker, the man who represents those hard-working, self-sacrificing individuals who made my election to office possible by their unstinting sacrifice. Me? I selected you myself. Look, Bowman, I didn't even vote for you. Now, what's the gimmick? <laughs> Listen to him, Moose. He's so modest, he doesn't even want to admit how hard he's worked for my election. Touching, ain't it? Yeah, that's the spirit we've decided to salute, Rocky. Yes, sir. But uh, let's go in and join the happy throng. I don't want to join no happy throng, Rocky. Rocky, this is only the beginning. Why, we've planned a gala celebration in your honor. A parade in an open motor car through the streets of the Fourth Ward with banners saluting your name, a testimonial dinner at the firehouse, and finally, in recognition of your hard work, a miniature gold-plated ballot box. Stuffed with votes for Bowman. Listen, Harry, I appreciate your publicity gag, but you'll have to find another schnook. This boy's leaving town, and if you ain't heard, I'd advise you to do the same thing. Why? Carl the Grinder busted out of Danamore. He's got a list with three names, Midge, me, and you, in that order. And if you don't think he means business, try looking Midge Moore in the face. You'll have to stand behind him, because that's the way his head faces now. So call up the celebration and let me get my suitcase. Just a minute. Yeah. You ain't going anyplace, my friend. I just told you. You I'm don't go- have to tell me. I got a phone call from the grinder this morning. Then what's all this jazz about? Let's get under a rock. Me, maybe, but not you. Listen, you moron. This bum's loaded for bear. He don't. Hey. I think I'm beginning to get the picture. Yeah. Smart boy. I've been duck hunting. Good. You know it takes a decoy to catch a live duck. Carl the Grinder is the live duck, and I'm the decoy. He's clever. Only one thing. Yeah? To hunt ducks, you use a wooden decoy. Oh, we're out of wood, so we're using you. What happens if I get killed? Tough. What happens if I don't? I figure it this way, Rock, old man. You're next on the list. Just want to make sure the Grinder finds you, so I'm giving you a little publicity. If he shows and kills you, my boys take care of him. In the meantime, I'm leaving town for a short spell. Take care of him. We'll see that he enjoys the party. So long, Mallard. Bowman slips downstairs and Moose eases me into my flat with a forty caliber cannon in my backbone. The party is going to be a beaut, I can see. Freeloaders, we're going downstairs for a motorcade over to the firehouse where we get free eats and beer, courtesy of Councilman Harry H. Bowman, who can't be here on account of urgent business. Bite on downstairs and into the sanitation trucks, which Mr. Bowman has placed for your disposal. Okay, let's go. That's no fortune. Must we? We must. Look, Moose. I'll never get a block sitting in an open car like a clay pigeon. Be reasonable. Okay, I'll be reasonable. 
I'll give you three seconds, or else... Else nothing. I'm gone. Be my guest. We pound down the stairs, and just as we hit the sidewalk, a couple of reporters and photographers gang up on us. At any other time, this would be flattering, but right now it's murder. Hold it, Mr. Fortune. I'd like a picture for my paper. Sure, pal. What paper? Son! Go ahead. Shoot any time you're ready. I'll do that. No sooner is the word shoot out of my mouth than I feel those icy fingers clamped to my heart. The photographer sticks his head under a black cloth and points the camera at me as I remember two very important items. One, news photographers don't work under a hood. Two, the sun went out of business a year ago. Hold it. Moose. Smile. Hit the dirt, Moose. It's the grinder. Grab him. Look out. He's getting away. Watch it there. No luck. You got away in the crowd. That's too bad. He missed you with that Tommy gun, huh? Yeah. Maybe we'll have better luck next time. Okay, hop into the road, stiff for the motorcade. Hey, who's the guy with the beard behind the wheel? Him? That's Ivan, the boss's new chauffeur. Looks like a fugitive from a shredded wheat plant. Don't insult him. He's very temperamental. Hop in. You all ready? Let's go, Ivan. Hold on. Hey, do I have to stand up? My legs are tired. Stand up. We want the grinder to be able to find you. What happens if I make it to the firehouse? You get a free dinner. Testimonial. What happens if I don't make it? Same dinner. In your memory. Hey, Ivan, how about speeding up a little? Before I say go slow. Thanks. Someday I'm going to have the pleasure of pulling out them whiskers hair by hair. (laughs) Good joke, huh? I'll kill you. Where did you get this creep? At a House of David basketball game? Boss hired him for the job this morning. How far now, Moose? Not a block. So far, nobody shot you. Swell. I may even live till six o'clock. What time is it now? My watch says a minute to six. You're nuts. It's after seven. Okay, Ivan. Pull up. Everybody inside the firehouse for chow. Two minutes later, I am upstairs at the Lincoln Pump and Hose Company number four. I get the place of honor at the head of a long banquet table where everybody can get a good shot at me. At my left is Moose with his ever-loving Luga aimed at my digestive system, and on my right is Ivan with his whiskers trailing in his chowder. Knishes are served, and the freeloaders fall to like a pack of starving wolves. Whilst I make the presentation to our pal Rocky. The boss, uh, Harry Bowman, couldn't be here on account of urgent business, so I'm doing it in his honorable stead. <laughs> All right, quiet, quiet. Rocky, old man, stand up here while I read this and no monkey business. Rocco Fortunato, in recognition of your untiring. Untiring. Like you said, untiring efforts in behalf of the 1953 political campaign. I present you with this gold-plated mini, uh, mini... Miniature. Like you said, ballot box. All right, shut up! 
Okay, everybody eat. All right, come on, boy. Boy, what a spread. How come you ain't eating, Rocky boy? How do I know the conditions ain't poison? I'm eating them. Ivan's eating them. How do you know they ain't poison? Ah, go on. Think about it. Maybe the grinder got to the delicatessen. Maybe he came up here before we got here and fixed the anchovies. Huh? <coughs> What's wrong, Ivan? <coughs> These anchovies don't taste so good, Moot. <coughs> hey, they don't. These conditions got a peculiar flavor, too. That's probably your imagination. What's it taste like? Kind of bitter, maybe? Yeah, bitter like. What's wrong? Yeah, it's probably nothing. Uh, well, what is this bitter? Nothing. Fatten up. Eat up. You told me I'm going to break your neck. Well, uh, is it kind of like somebody put uh, too much pepper in it? Yeah. That's it. What? Therapeutic acid. What? Poison. Holy smokes. Your stomach feel kind of funny like Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Uh, he's a jolly good fellow. Watch you, you got to save me. He's a jolly good fellow. Rocky, pal, what I take? Get me a doctor. We'll give you a testimonial Listen, dinner. Listen, you see this gun? I'll kill you if you don't tell me. Oh, my stomach. Oh, help, I'm poisoned. Here, take it easy. Move. I got to get out of here. Got to get to a doctor. Anyway. Well, I guess I'll be going through. Yeah, I don't think so, Mr. Fortune. Because I'll put a bullet in your belly if you move. Holy smokes, you ain't no rusky. And I ain't no moron either. I saw you dump that pepper shaker into the knishes a minute ago. Uh-huh. Well, I have an old man. If you watch real close, you'll see me dump the rest of it. Right in your eye. <laughs> see you around, boy. While Ivan is still sneezing, I duck out across the hall of the locker room where the firemen keep their clothes. I get in and slam the door behind me. As I turn around to look for a window... Hold it, Jack. I see one of the firemen, a guy about eight feet tall with a handlebar mustache. Oh, man, can you help me? Listen, there's a killer named Carl the Grinder after me. I heard of him. He's wearing a phony beard like a rusky. He'll be coming in here in a minute. Wearing a phony beard, huh? You sure you're all right? Look, I'm straight in the head, no kidding. I got to get a place to hide. I got a gun? A high what's it? Sure this guy is called the grinder? I'm sure, I'm sure. Okay, get in that lock and close the door. Here, hurry up. Okay. Okay, okay. Come on, Fortune, I'll shoot this lock off. Come on, keep quiet. I'm I'm gonna let him in. Okay, Fortune up. Who are you? I'm me. Who are you? I'm looking for a guy. Can defend about medium height, dark hair. Oh, yeah? Maybe he's hiding in in your beard. I'll take a look around. Sure, help yourself. Yeah, thanks. Try this. Peeking out through the grill work of the locker, I feel like a halibut doing six months in a sardine can. The big fireman wastes alive and walks past him, and he picks up a fire axe and lets him have it from behind. Ivan falls on his beard, and I feel like I'm in Madame Tussauds for a couple of seconds. to hit your friend. You didn't hit him, John. You killed him. No kidding. I must have used the pointed end of the axe. Let's pull out that phony beard and get a look at him. Yeah. I'd like to see what Carl the Grinder looks like myself. One, two. What's wrong, pal? 
Hey, this ain't Carl the Grinder. Who is it? Harry Bowman. The guy who used to be the assistant DA? Yeah, he was using me for a clay pigeon. I guess he wanted to hang around and see what happened, so he put on a fake beard and a phony accent. That's the guy that sent the grinder up the river, ain't it? That's the guy. Now the grinder's only got one to go. Me. You, huh? Yeah, it's too bad you cheated him out of Bowman. Oh, I didn't cheat him, pal. I, I just changed the batting order a little. Yeah, I guess you put another... Hey. Yeah, pal? Who? Who are you? Well, let me take off the handlebars, pal. There you are. The grinder. Yeah, the grinder. I figured since he was going to be at the firehouse, I'd, I'd make like a fireman. I didn't think it was going to be this easy. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. Move back. A pleasure. I'm going to do this with my bare hands, Fortune, the way I did Midge Moore. You're going to have to catch me then. Shall we dance? You're trapped, Rocky, like a rat in a corner. You would like to sit this one out, would you? Uh-uh. I guess there's nothing much left to do but throw my Sunday punch. Must be Monday. Nothing happened. If that's your best punch, Rocky, you might as well quit now. Okay, Rocky. We'll dance now. My, my throat. Nice and slow. Oh. Hold it, Grinder. You ain't getting me, Carver. You okay, Rocky? Uh, uh, fine. Carl, is he? I'm afraid he is. You're, you're better off, Mary. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose I am. I went to the police like you told me, Rocky. Had a hard time catching up with you. Swell. I thought I was the easiest man in Manhattan Borough to locate. Come on, Mary, let's get out of here. Hey, Fortune, you must have dropped this. Huh? Oh, yeah, my gold-plated ballot box. Thanks very much. I better phone in about this. What time you got? Six o'clock. No, no, that can't be right. It was six about an hour ago. Maybe you forgot to wind it. Yeah. Ah, it's ticking all right. That's kind of loud for a wristwatch, ain't it? Yeah, even for a cheap wristwatch. Hey. Huh? Get away from the window, Sarge. What? Move! Hey, why'd you throw that ballot box out there? You'll... What was that? Looks like somebody stuffed the ballot box. I guess the grinder was trying to make sure Bowman's party lost the election. NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman... Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast include Jack Nestle, Barney Phillips, Kay Stewart, Jack Mather, Tony Barrett, and George Pembroke. Tonight's script was written by George Lefferts. Andrew C. Love directed.
now to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. You know, Park Avenue's a mighty fancy place. I've been finding this out since making like a process server for the 14-carat Legal Eagle Perry Shane. But next week, I'll tell you how I got a little surprise. I found out the street can be mink-lined, but there's still plenty of skunk at the intersections. See you around. Fibber, McGee, and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network.